Hey everybody, it's Anna J. Wallner with the Author Library, and today I am ecstatic to have with me the Ann Charles. Anne, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, thanks for having me here. I'm, I'm excited to, to be here, and I hear you having storms, so fingers crossed nothing goes south there. <laughs> well, we're already south, but yes, I know. It's so, it's so unpredictable here because uh, in Texas... We uh, have a mix of all kinds of interesting weather, whether it's um, uh, tornadoes or flooding or hurricanes or tropical storms. You just, you never know. Or huge hailstones. Yeah. I know. It's, it's, it, it's crazy <laughs> sometimes. Well, thank you again um, for, for coming on the show. And I want to talk about the Deadwood series because you have just released the 12th. 12. Well, in the series, just this month, Never Say Never and Deadwood is the latest installment. Can you give a really brief overview about the series without spoiling too much? (laughs) Sure. It's it's the series. It stars Violet Parker and it's all in first person point of view. So you're only ever in her head, which is really fun as an author because it gives me a lot of challenges to show the reader things that are going on, maybe with other characters. Uh, but we're only seeing through Violet's eyes. So we have to, you know, read, does this mean this? Does this mean that? So anyway, she's not a sleuth. She's not some, you know, cop. She's moved up to Deadwood from Rapid City, which is just, uh, I say up, that's the way they say it there, which means just up in the hills. So she's going to a small town and she's starting a new life as a realtor in book one, nearly departed in Deadwood. And she's got two nine-year-old twins. She's a single mom. The dad's never been in the picture. Um, he's a real piece of work. So she's trying this new life where she can spend more time with her kids and yet do this new job, but she's got to sell a house. Uh, and she's running out of time for her three month kind of, you know, probationary period. And, and so she's really struggling and she's stressed. And then she finds out that little girls that are very similar to her daughter in age and looks have been going missing over the last year, year and a half. Um, and, and so she kind of gets involved because her daughter, you know, fits the typical of, of the girls that are going missing, the typical look and, and age. So she gets kind of into it. She's very nosy. So she gets in there and that's kind of how the mystery starts. But she lives in a town now, uh, Deadwood, South Dakota, that is full of ghosts. And she hears this all the time. This place is haunted. This house is haunted. But she is a dud. She can't see ghosts. Uh, She has no sixth sense as far as she knows. So she's kind of relying on people telling her this is how it's going. And, and she's not really quite believing them, you know, but going along for the ride to sell a house. So that's kind of how it all starts. Now, this is a a mystery with a mix of a lot of humor, uh, supernatural. So those ghosts and more do come into play as the series continues to grow. And and it's Violet and her kids and her aunt who she lives with. And then there's more characters. There's Doc Nice, who um, is there in the first book that, you know, starts kind of becoming one of the main characters as well. And Coop, the cop. I mean, there's just all kinds of fun characters. Old man Harvey, who's like her self-appointed bodyguard and sidekick. uh, Really funny. So, yeah, it's just what I love about this series is that you know, I thought initially, maybe I'll write a few books in this, you know, a, a shorter series. But as I started opening it all up and writing, it kept getting bigger. And my mom is one of my first readers and she would go, I love this book. 
and how did you make me have 20 more questions now, you know, at the end of the story, but yet you feel, you know, you fulfilled my questions that I had, but now I have so many more. So it's, it's a lot of fun, um, Violet's world. And, and it, we still have a lot of legs to it yet in this series. That's so awesome. And how those, it sounds like a cast of quirky characters that I can't wait to meet. Yes. Very quirky. That's, that's the thing. I'm not out to, uh, it's not like true crime. It's not dark, you know, it, it yeah. is more some dark humor in it, but it's the main thing I want with all my books is always to take you away from what's going on in your world and give you some escapes, give you something to laugh about, give you, you know, something to cringe about someone else's life and just enjoy it. So, you know, I, I go, like I said, there's a lot of humor and all my series have lots of humor. Cause that's really, I find that humor works well with coping with sorrow, trouble, worries, anything. Absolutely. Laughter is definitely good for the soul. Great medicine. And it's completely unfair for me to ask you this, but um, do you have a favorite book or a favorite character in the series? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I know you probably get that question a lot because there are so many books in the series. Right. It's such an eclectic uh, cast that you've assembled here. But does anyone just really kind of hold a special place in your heart? You know, it is really hard because with all the different characters I have in the different, I have five ongoing series. So there's a lot of different characters whose heads I'm in and who I spend a lot of time with. You know, what I find I really like is certain relationships that I just love to play out on the page. Uh, Violet and and um, the one, uh, it's going to be Doc. I'm not really ruining it. If you read the back of book two, three or four, you're going to see Doc is the hero. So I love to play with their relationship because it's instead of just, um, you know, I grew up reading romances where in one book you start, you're done happily ever after game over. But in real life, we all know it's not like that, especially if you have children, when someone comes in and maybe he's a bachelor or, or he's not really, you know, been around a lot of kids or she hasn't, you know, so life is so much different when it comes to relationships in the long term and all the work that goes into it. So I really enjoy in the Deadwood series exploring not just the initial attraction, but the whole relationship thing and adding kids to the mix and what that means. Uh, so I really enjoy uh, Violet and Doc. And then in my Jackrabbit series, which is what I'm working on now for a Christmas novella and book six in that series comes next too. I really love each of there's three sisters and I, I enjoy all of their relationships because they're each different, but I really enjoy the oldest, uh, Ronnie, who has just been in a real crappy marriage where her husband screwed around on her. He was doing white crime. He's in prison. It's a mess. And, and now she's um, attracted you know, to the sheriff of the county, which she is like the worst person to be getting involved with a sheriff because she's got this tarnished past. So there's such a fun relationship to, to explore because of the, the conflict that's there um, and then trying to get around it. So I really have more relationships that I have more fun getting into than just certain books because relationships span the books instead of everything solved in one book. Very, very true. I like the way that you put that because, yeah, you get uh, you get emotionally invested in the the characters' development and and relationship development of the characters inside of the book as right. you read along. And I think that's a great uh, a great you know uh, skill to have as an author is to get people so invested in the relationships 
interpersonal relationships of the characters in the book that they want to stay throughout the entire series. And that's why you have 12 in the series. <laughs> that's why it keeps going. Like you can't get enough, right? I know. It's fun. Yeah. Each one, it's like, hey, is so-and-so going to get together with so-and-so yet? Or, oh, what's going to happen? How are they going to handle dealing with this? So it's really like real life. Like, you know, you go ask your, you know, cousin, hey, how's this going? Are you guys getting along? You know, and, and so it's, it, it feels more real to me too. And as the writer, it's really important that I'm excited about each book that I want to write each book and I want to keep exploring things. So, and I've also, you know, I've, I've married, I've divorced, I've married again. I have kids. I've, I've run through some of the stuff, you know, I'm not new to this and how conflict is in relationships and, and all that good stuff. So it's fun to put some of that real life into it. It is, uh, because, you know, a lot of, uh, romance novels, you know, focus on the happily ever after. And there's oftentimes a lot of bumps along that road that right. don't get fully explored when you're searching for that happily ever after at the end of the book. And I, I love that you do do that. I know, especially, like I said, with kids, kids really add a whole new element to oh, yeah. <laughs> coming together. It's it's not so easy. And it's not just, oh, the kids love him or love her. And it's all perfect. It's not right? that way. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's fun to keep playing with that and explore. No, absolutely. I've uh, been there, done that, as you say. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, uh, do you see an ending yet for the series or are we far from done with the cast of Deadwood? Really, I have a series arc that I'm following. So each book fits into the arc. And I would say we're past the first turning point, heading you know, well towards midpoint of the series. And I, I do think about different ways and diff I have a lot of ideas. But I also love series because they keep going. So one of the things that um, always comes to mind, and a lot of readers talk about it too, is other characters um, as they grow and things that could happen for, you know, some spinoffs here and there too, that, that can be really fun. And I, you know, sometimes I think, well, spinoffs really never do as well as the real deal. But then if you think about Cheers and Frasier, Oh man, I'm a huge fan of Frasier and I watched all, you know, lots of cheers, but Frasier's so fun for me. So you never know what's going to go where, but in addition to that, my world, I have a whole Anne Charles world where all the different um, series I have all come together. I mean, they have crossover characters like the Jackrabbit Junction has the Morgan sisters and their cousin, Natalie, who is Violet's best friend in the Deadwood series. So Natalie comes and goes as well. And they all, you know, and the Morgan sisters have gone to Deadwood, you know? And so it's really fun when you have a big world like this to bring the crossovers in and just keeping the timeline, you know, straight. That's the thing you got to watch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that is amazing. And guys, um, Anne is a USA Today bestseller, which is something that so many authors aspire to. Can you just, for us, for those of us who, you know, hope to achieve that dream one day, can, can you tell us how that happened? What book in the series <laughs> did it? How? Yeah. How, I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause, um, it was book four better off dead and deadwood by then I had built, um, the audience, you know, right. over several books and, but I didn't know it hit the list because uh, one of the things that I 
I purposely don't do a lot of times is watch numbers. Uh, right. And it drives some of the left brain author buddies of mine really crazy because I won't I'll have a big sale, a book bub sale, and I won't go watch numbers because I can't. It messes with my my creative side. It messes with my brain and I get really obsessed. I'm a very obsessive personality. I once played old school Pac-Man on Atari till it was done. It took me hours and hours. So I know I'm obsessive. And so I have to kind of keep back. So anyway, it hit USA Today bestseller list. I didn't know it months, probably about a year later, year to year and a half. I think it was a year and a half. I was submitting for another book bub ad and, um, they wrote in my bio, like they do from best from USA today, best-selling author and Charles, you know, here's this and it's for sale. And I went, Oh, should I tell BookBub they got that wrong? Should I say it? Because BookBub, you know, is the God and you don't really want to upset them and tell them, Hey, you're wrong. Um, so I went uh, and I talked to some friends and we were like, let's just let this one roll, you know, and, and, and it's just a mistake somebody made. Well, then I did another ad like three months later and they did it again. And I went, oh, shoot, I can't let this go. I, I have to talk to them and let them know they've got me mixed up with someone else. I feel bad about this. So I, I first talked to one author friend of mine who does watch the list. And I told her, you know, here's the deal. How should I handle it? And she's like, hold on. And then she comes back like five minutes later. She's like, you don't even realize that a year and a half ago, you hit the USA Today bestseller list, do you? <laughs> I went... Oh. You're kidding me. And I just was floored. Oh this is beyond the best so, like, story, like, USA Today story ever. <laughs> it was so funny. And I was like, oh man, I could have, for the last year, year and a half, I could have been promoting with that. But no, I'm right? just got my head in the sand writing and I just kept going, not really paying attention to that. So it was like, oh, wow. Oh my so, God. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. That's amazing. Just I, I've had such such amazing um, things happen with with the books in the series. I'm so fortunate in that way. So I won like two major awards right out of the gate with Nearly Departed, um, and the first one I did go to the award ceremony in Florida only because I was in Seattle and it was nasty weather. And I thought, oh yeah, let's go to Florida. It's beautiful there this time of year. So I went not prepared to win anything. I didn't write a speech, a thank you speech. Cause I said, there's no way this quirky story is going to win in a, this award. Uh, and it was the, um, Daphne du Maurier best, uh, or, you know, the overall for that big one, which is a big national one for kind of mystery. And I said, Oh, it's not going to happen. There's quirkiness, you know, all over in this story. It's not like true crime or hard boiled. And it won the overall. And I just, I, first I won the category and I was shocked. And then I won the overall and they wanted me to get up and speak. And I, my <laughs> agent at the time was sitting in the audience. I forgot all about her. I just <laughs> totally blew it on stage with thank yous, blah, 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 you know? So then a, a few months later, it was up for the Romance Writers of America, one of the you know newer books. It was for unpublished because I, I hadn't officially published at that time when I submitted. Anyway, I didn't go because it was New York City. It's a lot of money to go to that. I had kids, babies. Um, I wrote a speech and I gave it to a good friend that was going. And then I stayed home thinking there's no way I'm going to win this thing. There's not enough romance in it to pull it off. You know, there's some, but I didn't think it was strong enough. So 
she calls me from the ceremony screaming, you won, you won. And I'm folding my kids' underwear. I was like, oh my God, I should be there instead of folding underwear. Oh, wow. So yeah, uh, I'm just, my life is full of that kind of stuff. I, I get to be on Jeopardy. I had no idea that was coming. I, I'm just clueless when it hit. So, you know, I've really gotten kind of the point I now where that. I, you I just a Jeopardy question. That's, I know I've gotten crazy. to the point where I just sit back. I, I try not to pay attention. It's wonderful surprises. Don't yeah. try, you know, just keep working away towards the goal and right. wonderful things might happen along the way. Oh, fantastic advice. Yes, absolutely. Enjoy the ride. Yes, very yeah. much so. So just as a as a Texas girl myself, um, I'm curious, where did you draw the inspiration for the setting uh, and Deadwood itself? I mean, is it based on a, a real life place that you? Yeah, Deadwood, or? South Dakota, Deadwood, South Dakota is a real place. And it is the, it has tons of history. It's Wild Bill Hickok, Calamity Jane, all those big players back in the old West were there and it was huge mining um, gold mine area. So there's miners, there's cowboys, there's gunslingers. There's just such a notorious history for that town. And it's still there. You can still go visit it. They have most of the buildings from the late 1800s. It's very historic. It's historic registered, you know, in the U S it's so much fun. Um, And I spent a lot of time growing up there because my mom moved there when I was in seventh grade. So I would spend lots of time there every year. And when my mom worked in at one of the tourist shops, I just sit on the benches in downtown Deadwood. I'd go to the museums to kill time or the library. So I did so much research and I walk the streets. So yeah, it was just, um, it's going to be in Deadwood because I love Deadwood and there's so many ghosts there. Everything's haunted at Deadwood and, and, and the sister city lead where the big mine was. So yeah, it was just a perfect place to set it. And it felt like home. Yeah. And that probably really helped with the writing experience. And, you know, as you're, 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 you know, taking down the story, you know, your passion for the, the, the town itself and for the history that you've always loved growing up cannot right. help but translate into the book and to readers, which is fantastic. Right. And one of the things I love to do is include um, some truth of historical truth in all my books. And so I can do that really easily with Deadwood. And the other thing that's fun with Deadwood is I can use a real town. So for fans who love it, they go there and then they can, I've done maps of my story world over top of the Deadwood map. So you can go see where this character lives and where this happened and where this is. And you can see the things in the story for real, like uh, book four that won USA Today that hit the list. It's it's set in the opera house, historic opera house in Leeds, right next door. And now they do tours. It's really cool. They'll do Anne Charles tour. So they take you through the places in the book so you can see it for real and live that, which is really fun. That is so amazingly cool. It's fun. Uh, it's the town's great. The two, the whole area, they're so supportive of my series and all this. So it's, it's really fun as a group. It's just like, we're presenting this, you know, fun thing for, for tourists. I going to say, I mean, it sounds like the town is really, really in on it, really into it, which oh, is yeah. awesome. That's fantastic. Well, I mean, I, I can't tell you just how much fun I've had talking with you and your stories are just 
the the best that I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> They're crazy. Like the stories I write. It's just I'm you so, can't believe it's nonfiction, right? Hey, I'm dang, I'm, I'm telling you. Um, so is, is there anything else that you what would you say to other authors who want to um, get into the business of writing or becoming an author or anything that you've learned along the way that um, that you'd like to pass on? You know, the biggest thing is a lot of times authors, and I was guilty of this myself, you go into it and you see someone that you admire and you say, oh, I'm going to do exactly, I want to be exactly what he or she is and how they do it and run their empire. But they don't think about the time that went into building that empire and that it didn't all happen at once. Uh, just like you build anything, it takes brick by brick. Uh, so if you step in and go, okay, so Anne's got 32 novels now. She's got the fan party or 10th annual coming up. She's got this, she's got that. Yeah, but it didn't start like that. It started before I even published with building, you know, learning about marketing. And then it, after I published learning how to get fans and, and a lot of relationship marketing to, to build that you know, um, reader base and, and it keeps going. I, I still do 50% marketing with my time. So really yeah. it's baby steps. Um, enjoy the journey, enjoy the ride. And it's your own journey. You're not going to do the same as anybody else. It's going to be yours. And, um, don't just, compare yourself to anyone else because you, bingo. your journey is entirely different from someone else's. And I often say you're not competing with other new, if you put a book on Amazon, you're not competing with other new um, indie authors on there. You're competing. Oh. Yes, but you're also, and you're competing with Nora Roberts. You're competing with Lee Child. You're competing with the big guys to get readers. And I don't mean like put them down. Yeah. I just mean, you have to make your product equal to those guys um, and what the big houses are doing so that readers go seamlessly from your book to theirs or back without feeling like, oh, this is a newbie, you know, or this is somebody that, that you have the quality and professionalism as these guys. Absolutely. And kind of keep that in perspective that, you know, just starting out, you know, you don't have the name recognition at, like you say, Lee Child or, um, right. or Nora Roberts or James Patterson or something like that. And keep your expectations in line with, with reality, because that is difficult to do whenever you first start out. So. Yes. Yeah. It's you, you look up and it's overwhelming, often overwhelming, but you know, just write one book at a time and keep promoting and just keep going. And, and before you know it, she'll be, you know, up the ladder further. Thank you so much again for, for joining me today and for the fantastic story <laughs> and the amazing conversation and all of the great advice uh, that, uh, that you're willing to, to share with me and with everyone watching. So thank you. Uh, thank you for having me again. Um, uh, it's been really fun and, and I was excited to get to chat with you today. Oh, so. oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> uh, everyone, if you haven't already, make sure and subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss out on great upcoming content. And, uh, thank you again for everybody else. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.